I was gonna do an A better than I did. Can't do it. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, a beer with Atlas is the only healthcare traveling craft beer drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end. We hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Welcome to another episode of... One more time. Mm. Sorry. I'm still out of breath. like Eddie Vedder there. I was running there. Welcome to another episode of A Beer Ridiculous. That was pretty good. You like that? Yeah. (laughs) I'm Rich. I'm Brian. I'm Dolan. Thank you so much to Atlas Traveler, Tanya Hagenbomber, uh, Traveler with Braden Bokes, for getting this beer for us. So about, gosh, when was this? Was it early June? When you put the call out? I put out the call. Yeah. On Atlas and Friends. And she stood in line for a long time, right? Like two different breweries for a couple of hours to get wow. this beer for us. So uh, this week, M. P.S. Pool Ale, a fundraiser for Montana Pool Services, a nonprofit organization to build skate parks in Montana. Nice. Uh, I mean, why not? Right? Why, why not? not? I mean, what else is there to do in Montana? I mean, all they have to do really is just like smooth out the mountain. <laughs> just on one side. Just on one side. Just and put some concrete on there. Yeah, there you go. And, and you can skate it. Sounds <laughs> right? easy to me. Turn it into a giant half pipe. Yeah. Co-founded <laughs> by Jeff Amit of Pearl Jam. Uh, that was, this is that MPS, so Montana Pool Services, co-founded by Jeff Amit of Pearl Jam. Uh, they did this beer uh, as a collab with Kettle, is it, let's see, I have the name. Kettle House Brewing. There we go, Kettle House Brewing. Is so, he a pool skater? Is this something I didn't know? So he grew up in Montana, and he skated pools. And so that's... Hmm. This is blowing my mind. What do you do? I mean, that's there's nothing else to do in they Montana. Have pools right? in Montana? I didn't I mean, know that either. I, well, <laughs> I guess. It's so cold. I figured, what do you get like two weeks a year to get in the pool? <laughs> I have a ton of good research on this, but first I want to drink the beer because it sounds amazing. And I'm thirsty, so let's do that. Good. We're just breaking one off of here, or what are you? What's your plan with this? Okay, so she got us two four packs. Like she waited in line for mm. two four packs. I think we better drink them. At least one beer piece. Here. And to be fair, one of the four packs went to uh, the the guy that found this for us. The guy that found the mm-hmm. article that they were going to do this. Yeah. IT director, Lane Andreessen. Yeah, he he's on the pulse. Yes. Of that Pearl Jam news, I have and, a feeling. And he's a Pearl Jam fan too. So so there you go. So so Tanya stayed, stayed stood in line for two different breweries to get two different four packs for us, and then hand delivered it to us. And I wasn't here, and I really feel bad that I wasn't here. When she delivered Normally, it, you'd be right at the front door. Normally, I would to, to greet her. So, uh, this beer is a tribute to the 2018 Pearl Jam Missoula concert at the Washington Grizzly Stadium, which was a str- which was streamed for the first time on Pearl Jam Radio just back in June. So I if saw you're, that. If you're familiar with uh, Sirius XM Pearl Jam Radio, which I am, I, that's one of my favorite channels on XM, because I've been a Pearl Jam fan for years. Uh, I they wrote, they I, just released this one for the first this this concert for the first time. I wrote down that you could consume this concert somewhere on something called Nugs Net. 
Because that's like where they stream their concerts, I guess, like online. You can be a member of that thing, maybe. Okay. But yeah, you can check it out on Nugsnet. N-U-G-S or N-U-G-Z? Chicken Nugs. Like Saucy Nugs. Saucy Nugs. Saucy Nugs. Yeah. I think that's what it means. A portion from this beer sales will be donated to the Montana Pool Service, a nonprofit founded by Jeff Amon. Uh, born and raised in Montana, MPS organizes and funds world-class skate parks in rural and isolated communities. Uh, and I wrote down specifically, they said, and this came from, this This was something that Jeff had wrote, okay. rural and native communities. So native, I assume, I, there's probably some uh, uh, reservations close to where... Could be. I, maybe. Maybe that's what it meant. Yeah. So... Uh, they have two different locations, uh, 605 Cold Smoke Avenue, which is one of their, that's one of their beers, Cold Smoke. So that was kind Scotch of Scotch Ale. Ooh. In Bonner, Montana, and 602 Myrtle Street in Missoula, Montana. Mm. So you tried it. How is it? Uh, it's pretty good. Lemon drop hops. Yeah. Mm. It's pretty good. Uh, speaking of rural areas mm-hmm. with skating, there's a pretty bitchin' skate park in Beatrice, Nebraska. Really? Yeah, it's like better than anything in Lincoln, which is crazy. Wow, but yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. Small towns, there's nothing to do. I guess I grew up on a skateboard, like yeah. that was, and we had nothing. We were street skaters because we had nothing else. We skated the uh, the uh, post office because they had cool steps. <laughs> yeah, that's about all you got, man. Yep. yep. Hmm. And they just coexisted with us. They never told us to get off their lawn. It was, that's good. It was they probably didn't even know what you were doing. Not until Back to the Future came out, and then they knew you were up to no good. We made the post office cool. <laughs> wow. That is that is a claim to fame. <laughs> so this um, beer... Mm-hmm. It's at both these tap rooms, I assume. Which one did she go to? Do you know? I she went to both of them. Oh they, my gosh! But this was they only canned it. Like if you look at their list uh-huh. now, it's not on. It's not on tap anymore. It was just a special release. I read it. Maybe this is one of the articles I was looking at this too. You could get it in Montana. You could get it in Eastern Washington and Northern Idaho. That was the only areas you mm. could get it at. Okay. So pretty small distribution. Um. They had a thing where they had a party, like a release party. Mm. And then I think they do these sometimes at this brewery, um, the Kettle House specifically. They have like a town center, like a park, okay. kind of, I guess, in the area. And they'll show a movie or whatever, and you get you buy a ticket and you get a beer, and you can go sit outside and watch it. And watch the film. Yeah, like on the oh. side of a building or something. That's I fun. think they do those in like Papillion downtown sometimes and stuff. But huh. So that's kind of cool. That's really cool. I would do that. So I wrote down a few other of their beers, the okay. brewery, um, just to kind of talk about those. And I, somebody that I'm friends with on the Untapped uh, actually was drinking this the other day because he was up uh, Yellowstone, and then maybe there's one other that's a little further north in Montana than that. Mm. Um, and he brought this back, the Cold Smoke Scotch Ale. Mm. 6.5%, 11 IBUs, pretty standard stuff. The Bonner Lager, Lager, so it's... Like a lager, like somebody cuts down trees. Oh, a lager beer. I see what you did there. Four point five percent, also eleven. And then I wrote this one down because I I figured uh, you know why don't we talk about some hops? And I wasn't sure we'd have to maybe do some research. Probably not on a company computer, but this is called Fresh Bong Water Hemp Pale Ale. (laughs) 
So that seems to be, you know, uh, 5%, 22 IBUs. Uh, prices, a growler. We're talking 64 ounces mm-hmm. of most of these beers was 10 bucks, oh. And a growler was $8. Now, it does go up a little bit if you want a barrel-aged bomber of beer. Okay. Those are $10 to maybe $12. Oh. So when they have their barrel-aged stout or barley wine, then you have to spend 12 bucks. Wow. Sounds ask, pretty good to me. Ask Dolan, which, uh, as I was looking at their website, which beer I highlighted and told him about. Hmm, which one was it? I don't remember this. The bong water. Oh, yeah, the bong water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? I just think it's funny. <laughs> Great like, minds. Right? I just think it's... I, and here's the thing. like More and more breweries are using hemp in yeah. brewing beer anyway. Colorado specifically. We've seen it a ton in Colorado. Yeah. Well, in Colorado, you can get those THC-infused mm-hmm. hemp beers. This one, I yep. don't believe is that. Mm-mm. Isn't it? Those the, are expensive. It's the Blue Moon guy. The guy that started uh-huh. Blue Moon has a... He, he's brewing non-alcoholic beer and then selling it to places in California. They're infusing it with THC and then reselling it. Smart. Smart. It's the future. I, it really or is. Or one of the futures. Who knows? Yeah. We well, thought that about seltzers, and look yeah, where we're at. Yeah. Ask... Sam Adams, how that worked out. Well, they're coming back with the Mountain Dew. Yes, sir. So we'll see how we are in a year. We'll see if that worked for them. I want to talk about Pearl Jam. Let's do it. That's all the beer research I did. I'm okay. done. At, our apologies to Kettle House. These guys, sound, these guys sound fantastic. I would go to their brewery. But if you're going to do a collab with Pearl Jam, what do you think we're going to talk about? I mean, probably Pearl Jam a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Pearl Jam, in 2020, officially marked 30 years of performing live. Yeah. Okay? 30 years. Mm-hmm. How old are we? Dolan's almost there. Almost. Yeah. Almost. 11. I'm like 30 minus 6. Oh, my God. See? It's so gross. Right? I don't even want to hear about it. I brought this. You can... <laughs> It's right here. I brought my, I bought Pearl Jam ten mm-hmm. in nineteen ninety one. Yeah, when it came too. out. When it came out from this little CD shop or whatever. Did you skateboard over to it? I believe I probably Hell did. Yeah, you did. Yes, because there was a skate shop right next to it. Uh, it. You can just, I mean, you can tell this thing is worn and cracked. I dug it out last night because I hadn't seen it for a while, and I yep. dug it out. And it just so many good memories with this. I'm surprised that the CD even has. Like oh yeah, like, I remember that thing. Right, that I'm surprised <laughs> it even has anything Any on the cover. Ink? Yeah, because I it, so well, many. You just times. left it in there, probably. Well, that's, that's what I did. That's true. It was it. There are albums in your life that change your life, mm-hmm. and Pearl Jam Ten changed everything for me. Everything. I can't wait to get into this because it's my least favorite Pearl Jam album. Wow. So your favorite ones, Gigaton. No, Gigaton's <laughs> not bad. Don't. Shame yeah, I don't mind one. that one. It's hey, okay. I. Absolutely enjoy that album. Yeah. There we go. Uh, let's see. 11 studio albums, hundreds of unique performances, official live con- concerts on bootleg. Uh, I I still seek these out. Yeah. Uh, I was telling Aaron Daly here in the office yesterday that for the longest time when Borders was still, remember Borders, oh, yeah. the bookstore, yep. and they had music upstairs, mm-hmm. uh, they could order any of the Pearl Jam bootlegs. Yeah. Right? And so... I would specifically seek out the concerts where they would cover a Ramon song, and I would buy that. And like, I would, I'd 
45 50 bucks a yeah for a cd well they were three cd sets most of them right yeah i have a bunch of those too do you Love have any it. of that you went to the show uh, i bought the official one from lincoln from eight years ago oh okay when it was when they were here in lincoln yeah or when they were here in nebraska i got one from i guess it, back then it was called sandstone oh in kansas City. yeah in like yes. year 2000 maybe yep that had a really awesome Who cover on it. Mm. Mm. Uh, Good stuff. 85 million albums sold worldwide. Pearl Jam was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2017. Uh, and then currently Gigaton is their, is their current album, which I, I really enjoy. There's some fun stuff on that. That different like growth stuff for them. That's I, the one about... I think. It's got like, an, like a monster's name in it. Hmm... Werewolf, Supermoon, Paranormal, oh, Vampire, Bat, something like that. Blood Wolf, Supermoon. That one. I Super like that one Blood a lot. Blood Wolf Moon. <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. I like that one a lot. Right. What else you got? Oh, oh. dude, I got pages. Just keep going. I have a little bit. I'll dump in when I can. I got pages. I... Behind the scenes, I actually sent Dolan and Brian a message yesterday saying, you guys aren't going to be able to talk because I'll just talk the whole time. Yeah. So. I'm okay with that. So 10 came out on August 27th, 1991. Your least favorite Pearl Jam album. I don't understand how that's yeah. a Least thing. favorite. I think it's my least favorite. I don't understand how that's a thing. However, we'll continue. Yeah. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember I remember hearing Even Flow for the first time on the radio in my car and thinking, what is this? Yeah. Music doesn't sound like this. I don't uh, know. What is this guy? Who is this guy? Not in 1991. No. And so 1991, I was a junior in high school. And I, I'd never heard anything like this whatsoever. Little did I know there was a band called Mother Love Bone. Yes. That yep. came before them. And I liked them a lot. That was I I had found them independent of Pearl Jam. And I loved them. Wasn't it rumored that the singer of that band could like shatter glass with his voice? Mother Love Bone? Andrew Wood? Yeah. I don't maybe, could be. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. He was a force, that's for yeah. sure. It's it's one of those tragic stories. It's like yeah. uh, Lane Staley from uh, from Alice in Chains. Yeah. It's you know it's one of those things like he he tragically died. Tragic. He did it to himself. Yep. Right. He was he was an addict. Yep. And he did it to himself and he died. Just, well, just, same with like Bradley Noel from Sublime and Shannon yeah. Hume from Blind Melon. Like yeah. that was this was the time. Far too soon. Yep. Yeah. That's just how it went. Back so then. Jeff Ament who. He, with the uh, with this beer right here, mm-hmm. and Stone Gossard came from Mother Love Bone after the death of Andrew Wood, the lead singer. So, if you music fans will know that name because Allison Chains wrote a song called Wood. 
It's one of the most popular Alice in Chains songs out there. Ever, yeah. It's called and it's Wood W O U L D, but it's about Andrew Wood, the lead singer of Mother Love Bone, and after uh-huh. he passed away. Do you know what the band was prior to that that they were in together, Jeff and Stone? No. Um. Um. Uh, play, play. You're close. Play this, something. This is Pearl Jam's first name. Yes. Green River. Green River. So oh. we're talking mid '80s. Oh, we're talking wow. like maybe in the hair metal days. Hmm. So they were in that after band. Mother Love Bone, before Pearl Jam. Yes. They, yeah. After no no before Mother Love Bone, they were in a they were in Green River together. Yeah. Oh together. okay. And then they yeah. left that band together yeah. and went to this other one. They moved from where they lived. They moved out wet further west coast. Okay. Did okay. the Mother Love Bone thing. Um, and then went to Pearl Jam. Yeah, Pearl Jam. So I've got that story here. Okay. Mike McCready joins those two shortly thereafter. So after Andrew Wood dies, Mike they they hook up with Mike McCready. Uh, they record a demo of five songs with Matt Cameron, and Matt Cameron is a drummer. He was in and out of Pearl Jam, still in and out of Pearl Jam for you know years. They record a demo of of. Mother Love Bone songs that were just without Andrew Wood singing anything on this. They were just instrumental. And they take that and they send it to a guy in San Diego named Eddie Vedder. And Eddie takes those songs and he rewrites he rewrites the lyrics. So he writes new lyrics. Like they send him like, okay, this is what the lyrics could be. He changes the title of the song. He changes the lyrics in the song. And three of those songs show up on 10. Huh. So the original names were, here we go, Dollar Short, and I will destroy this, A-G-Y-T-I-A-N, Crave. A Guyton Crave. Okay. Those two songs, after Eddie got them, were renamed Alive and Once. Okay? In between, so they call Eddie and they're like, this sounds great. Why don't you come up to Seattle and let's record some of this together? In between him coming to Seattle and him actually getting to Seattle, he rewrites another one of them called E Ballad, and that becomes Black. Which, if Black isn't one of your favorite Pearl Jam songs, you're you you don't have blood running through your veins. I don't understand <laughs> how that's not possible. I don't understand. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I agree. It's a great song. So, uh, Ten has been certified platinum thirteen times by February of '93. Uh, American sales of Ten surpassed Nevermind. So Nirvana. Wow. In 1993, this album outsold Nevermind. Which is, I was shocked by that. I didn't think, I, at the time, I didn't think there was a bigger album than that. Uh, Ten continued to sell well over two years after that. In 1993, it was still the best-selling album in the United States. So two wow. years after this came out, it was still the best-selling. It was still eighth best-selling. They still they had another album out at that same time. Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. That's well, crazy. it's crazy because you're talking. 1993, right? You would have been just out of high school. Mm-hmm. Okay. Freshman but, in college. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. my senior year of high school, which was 2015. <laughs> okay. Yes. I had both the Nevermind and the 10 albums in my car. 
<laughs> I mean, think but about that. But there's something timeless to both of them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Here's where Dolan was going earlier. Okay. Pearl Jam's original name. Blay something? Mookie Blaylock. Mookie Blaylock. Point yep. guard. New oh. Jersey Nets. Yep. Mookie Blaylock. Okay. Is it because Eddie was an NBA fan? Like he liked basketball? Here's here's the story I know. Yes, he is he is a huge basketball fan. Okay. Um this is what I this is what I heard. I heard this a long time ago, and then I read a little bit on the one of the websites I was looking at, doing some research. Mm-hmm. The tape makes its way to San Diego, right? Yep. Via Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer. Jack Irons. Yes. Yes. And he is a pickup basketball nut. And one of his buddies that plays basketball with him is Eddie Vedder. So that's how that's <laughs> wow. how they get connected because he plays basketball all the time. Okay. So then he does that stuff and whatever. But yeah, that, that was where the name came from because I guess maybe they liked that guy. Mookie Blaylock, he was supposed to be a good player. He never really panned out that great, but... It'd be like naming your band Michael Jordan in his rookie year. You know, it'd be like that. <laughs> um, I don't know if he ever like realized or recognized that that was the name of the band. If that if it forgot that far or not, but they did change the name to Pearl Jam after some time and substances. I would love to like talk to somebody that had watched Mookie Blaylock play like mm-hmm. live or whatever. Yeah, like they just went to a Mookie Blaylock show, yeah, like or, a club or something. Yeah, right. bar. Yeah. Um, and then the Pearl Jam name, the story we always heard was mm-hmm. his grandma, right? Yeah. Pearl made some jam out of like hallucinogenic mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Oh. And that's where the name came from. That's what they always said. I don't think that's true. I, well, there's no other story out there, though. Yeah. Like there's no other story out there that says otherwise. So as far as I'm concerned, that's what it is. Well, not that I'm going to find out. I believe it now. Uh, I mean, that's so much cooler than the story of we thought we thought it sounded cool. I mean, yeah, because if you there's there's always crazy origins to band names that I mean, every band out there comes up with and who knows if they're actually true. Right. Right. Right? Yeah. Uh, Guitar World recently ranked them as the 15th out out of 100 15th best guitar albums of all time. Hmm. So uh, you say thanks, Mike McCready. Yeah, exactly. That one. Yeah, I was going to say. Rolling Stone, 10 Greatest Debut Albums. It is number one on Rolling wow. Stone's 10 Greatest Debut Albums of All Time. That's pretty strong. That's huge. National Association of Recording Merchandisers ranks 10 as 11th in the definitive 200 albums of all time. Uh, then 500 Greatest Albums of All Time, Rolling Stone, it's number 209. Spin Magazine, top 90 albums of the 90s. It's number nine, number 33. Yeah. Uh, they've also ranked the top 100 albums from 85 to 2005, and it was 93. And then VH1, which I never watched a Pearl Jam video on VH1. Maybe pop-up video. <sighs> Maybe. 100 greatest albums of all time. Rock and roll albums of oh, all time. of course. Number 83. Hmm. When I think of VH1, I think of rock and roll. I yeah, well, I don't think of go. VH1 anymore. No. <laughs> All right, do you want to know why it was called 10? Hell yes. That was Mookie Blaylock's number. <laughs> really? Because yeah. there's 11 songs on the CD. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's why it's called 10. Because his cup. Because his jersey was 10, so it was a little nod to Mookie Blaylock. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, that's true. Cool. All right. That's kind of cool. I didn't think there'd be anything that you could tell me that I didn't oh, know dude, already. I dug some stuff up. All right, go. I, I did do some like 10 specific because I figured that's kind of where we would talk about. Okay. Uh, but I want to know this. What is their highest charting song ever for Pearl Jam? Oh, it's it's got to be like a live, right? I think it's a live. Yes. Is that right? No. What? They Black? never had a number one hit. Never. Not once. No, I'm not surprised by that. They had a number two hit. And it was with this song. Jeremy. Black. Last Kiss. Last Kiss. Oh. A cover from the... Which warp. is still a fine it's cover. It's okay. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Even flow. That's okay. one of the reasons yeah. I I am not a ten fan, mm. and it's because of we'll say oversaturation of the market. Okay, fine, right? <laughs> yep. So even flow was recorded seventy different times. Wow! Can you imagine seventy takes? I'd what? say screw it. We're of done. the original one. Yeah, it took them seventy of this seventy one. times to get the song that they liked. Finally, get out of here. So that's a lot. Um, Eddie. Right? He's, uh, we'll talk about the Jeremy song in the video. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that whole thing, he had a classmate. I guess it was a news story, right, about this guy. Right. Named Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Wade Dell in Richardson, Texas, shot himself in front of the classroom. Yep. that does the song they make the video treatment for it um eddie vetter in high school no junior high he had a classmate not me named brian uh that brought a gun to school and shot up this is how you know he lived in like san diego <laughs> he shot up the oceanography room at school <laughs> okay in junior right. high so he was blasting guns there yep. so there's some that sort of thing and they've always had and we're not going to go too political, but they always have, if you listen to a lot of the lyrics, some like gun themes, anti-gun themes and that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Oh. I'm sure it's, you know, stemmed in like firsthand, somebody brought a gun to school stuff. So Glorified G. One of my very favorite Pearl Jam songs. Absolutely. Of all time. Mm. Yes. Love it. Oh, I love that song. Um, Stone Gossard. Yeah. He says, I think 10's good, but I don't ever listen to it. <laughs> what? <laughs> So that's that's good because he's played it a thousand times. Yes. Probably, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I wonder too. Are most of the songs on Ten Gossard songs or McCready songs? Ooh. Well, we have the CD. We can we'll go back we, and yeah. check the liner notes, right? Yeah, do that. Right. Yeah. I have this on CD as well, and I also have it on vinyl. Uh, like Aaron, a new pressing. So, Mister Mister Daly brought his vinyl in of, yeah. of nice. Yes. And if you're watching the YouTube version, you can see that pictured next to the beer that we're drinking. There you go. Uh, you know what? It doesn't say beside each. All Wait. lyrics by Eddie Vetti once. Okay. 
All lyrics by Eddie Vedder. Yeah. Once, Stone Gossard. Even Flow, Stone Gossard. Alive, Stone Gossard. Why, Jeff Amitt. Black, Stone Gossard. Jeremy, Jeff Amitt. Oceans, Vedder, Gossard, Amitt. Amitt. Porch, Vedder. Garden, Gossard, Amitt. Amitt, yeah. Deep is Gossard, Amitt. Release, Vedder, Gossard, Amitt. McCready and uh, uh, Dave Cruzen. Their drummer. The drummer, the original. Yeah. Wow. Yes. So McCready didn't write all but one. I don't know that he is a huge songwriter. Hmm. He's not. He's more like a hired guitar gun that just okay. comes in and solos the shit out of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So he's, maybe he's unbelievable. You know it's him when he, oh. when he plays. For Look, sure. I understand that statement then. If Gossard's saying he's good, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? you're your own worst critic. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here's what I got for us. Uh, this, the two highest charting songs, otherwise, I think that I could find for Pearl Jam, okay. is Daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That hit 97. Okay. Wow. Jeremy hit 79. So, we're, you know, in the 90s, yeah. you and I, this is what we listened to. Oh. But this was not what was popular across mainstream America. It was like CNC Music Factory yeah. and uh, oh. like B-52s that album with the tin roof rusted and stuff like that it wasn't necessarily yeah. grunge rock you know so while we liked it and, and lived by it that wasn't what was happening everywhere. it wasn't super popular at the time last charting single for pearl jam do you know what it was just breathe sirens oh, sirens hear the sirens hear the sirens 2013. And if ESPN hadn't used that song for the Saints kicker, right? That I remember the story of the kicker from the Saints that uh-huh. got... It was like MS, I think? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't think it would have charted as high, but ESPN, ESPN played the shit out of yeah. that. And so that's why. Their other highest charting songs, I Am Mine, 43, and mm. Wishlist, 47, off the Yield album. Wow, really? Okay. Here we go with album sales. So we talked about 13 million for them. Yep. So that's a that's technically a diamond. If you get 10 million sales, that's a diamond album. Wow. So that's great. Okay. Uh, versus, which was, meh, seven million. Okay. And Vitalogy, mm. five million. Versus Sec- is my favorite, by the way. That's where I go. That's Vitalogy is if if 10 didn't exist, Vitalogy would be my favorite. By far. Okay. I just think it's just there's a grandfather to all of this that is 10 for me, and then Vitalogy after that. Oh, boy. All right. Let's see. What else can I do? And then before I know you've got more. Oh. Um, I just like these little trivia nuggets because this is the kind of stuff you talk about. You blew my mind already with this, so I, I don't even know what else you could possibly. Say. Um, <laughs> they did the Jeremy video, which I think was the yep. third single off the ten, I believe. And I'll tell you why that was the third. Okay, so Even Flow was first, mm-hmm. right? And Alive was second. And then I remember sitting at my best friend John Dietrich's house, and we were watching MTV, and they played the Alive video. And then I want to say Dan Cortez. And oh, I don't yeah. know if that's right. Rock and jock. Dan right? Cortez, yep. He got on and he said, 
Next week, we are going to debut the the next Pearl Jam video. It's Jeremy. Mm. And it, it, whatever day, okay? We instantly went and got this CD right here and put it in his dad's CD player, and we listened to Jeremy. Mm. Because it was one of those things like, okay, so we listened to we listened to the whole thing. Sure. Like, okay, what's this song all about? And I remember just sitting there thinking, like, like really listening to it in depth and thinking, yeah. Oh man! That was probably when you were like, "Oh, this music can make a story here. There's something going on." Like, more there's than something just the chorus yeah. way deeper yep. here. So I I remember that. Like, I remember the carpet was brown, and the I mean the CD player was gray, and it was a Sony. Like, I just yeah. There are things that I remember about that moment in time that I'll never forget. Wow. So in 1990, I would have been 1992 winter. So like February. Okay. I was at my house, and my grandma came up to visit, and her and my mom were going to wallpaper the living room. Wallpaper. That's how we know this is the <laughs> 90s. It was Robin Egg Blue. So while they're doing that, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch Jaws on TV. So I did that, and then sure. after that, I said, I'm going to walk to Target. And I did. I walked over to Target, and I bought 10, and I walked back home, and it was cold, and uh, I played it, and I liked it. I you know, heard some of the songs. Um, but that's what I remember about that day, buying that CD. Man. So here's what we got. So we had that Jeremy video. Then they didn't have a video for a long time after, on purpose. They're like, I don't like this. It's too commercial. We're all about the music. You know how their whole thing with the Ticketmaster and the blah, blah, blah. Ticketmaster and yeah, exactly. So they, they didn't want to be like, you know, pimping their stuff just by videos. Yep. So they're very, the next video after Jeremy was when I was in college. Really? And it was directed by your favorite, or one of your favorites, Todd McFarlane. No. Do the Evolution. No. That was their first video after Jeremy. Creator of Spawn, Mm -hmm. Todd McFarlane directed a Pearl Jam video. Yeah, and it was that one, because I was in college, and I came home to do laundry, and I watched it on their preview, or their premiere, whatever, on MTV. I, I I know Todd drew one of the Disturbed videos. Yeah. But I never knew he directed yeah, he directed a Pearl this Jam one. video. Wow. And then the last thing I have on this, and then I'll let you do your thing, but uh, I just wrote down some of the like streaming numbers just off Spotify. Okay. I found, and I went through every album, every song. There's only one song that's under a million plays for <laughs> Pearl Jam for all their albums. Wow. That's including the current, the newest stuff. Even Riot Act, which is probably my second least favorite one. Yeah. Um, the song, what did I write down? It's called Red Part- Mosquito. Parting Ways. She knows the future's burning, but she can smile just the same. Under one million plays. Red Mosquito has like five or six million. Off, Don't even get nope. me started. There. Mm. Okay, here's here's where we're at. Okay. Alive, three hundred and sixteen million. Okay. Wow. Even Flow, two hundred ninety seven million. Mm-hmm. Black, two hundred fifty eight. Daughter, one hundred and eight. Mm. Better Man, one hundred and two. Last Kiss, one hundred and seventy. The one you mentioned, Just Breathe, mm. one hundred and forty two million. I saw two nights ago. Willie Nelson and his son Lucas cover Just Breathe in concert, and it was awesome. 
I wanted to, I off off mic I wanted to talk to you about that and mm-hmm. ask you if they did it because I love the pro I I love how Eddie sang it mm-hmm. but when when Willie sang it when he covered it for the first time uh huh that was different that yeah. was like when when he covered the scientist uh-huh. the Coldplay song yeah when Willie covered that that changed the song for me oh yeah for sure it's like it, it's it gives an, me goosebumps. It, it's it's an emotional thing oh it's so sad sounding when he sings oh. it but it's like a happy sadness if that makes sense it's not like so sad you want to die it's well, just like wistful and i don't know it was it was cool to see it live here's i've never the thing, seen it before here's the thing for me i love just breathe so much that like i'd like that played at my funeral yeah like i think that like that's it's just a great song. Yeah, it is good. So, how many times have you seen him live? One. One time. Was One. it there? No, no. And it's... I bought this from a. I bought this shirt right here from a street vendor because I have FOMO that I couldn't go to Wrigley. Yeah. And watch this, so I bought it from a street vendor the next year when I was at uh, Wrigley watching a Cubs game. And they just had it there, and you're like, need it. Yep, dude, it. dude sold it to me. He's like, extras. They're ten bucks a piece. I'm like, yep, I'll take one extra large. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. What a steal. I know it was a deal. I couldn't turn it down. I think I've seen them three times. I miss them as much as I'd seen. I, I mean, I can go through the list: Smashing Pumpkins and the Foo Fighters, mm-hmm. and like I, I never saw Nirvana live. Yeah, unfortunately, and I never saw Pearl Jam in the original, like the it, heyday. It, right, exactly. Yeah. We saw everybody else at the bottleneck. We never, and we never saw Pearl Jam, unfortunately. So, and then they fought with with. Uh, yeah, Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster for all those years. Um, and then the first time I saw him was down in Lincoln, and it was fantastic. Yeah. I have like two or three of their DVD, concert DVDs. That's how old I am. Mm. I have concert DVDs. Mm-hmm. I could just watch it on YouTube, I suppose. But Eddie is, is and the whole thing, like this, the whole presentation is fantastic, but Eddie makes the, he makes the show. Mm-hmm. So, and never mind the fact that he's a Cubs fan. Like, he was on the field when the Cubs won the World Series. Uh-huh. You know, he's, and he's out there smoking a cigarette. Like, on, and, and what no, you gonna do? nobody said anything to him, right? You're Eddie yeah. Vedder, and he's on the field smoking a cigarette, and yep. nobody said shit. That's how that goes. Yeah. Whoa! I'm going to give you my top five non-10 awesome. Pearl Jam songs. Now we can talk. Yes. Okay. So, and I love, I want to get Dolan's take here because a lot of these are more his, like. Mm, the his, hard rockers. Yes. Punky ones, huh? Absolutely. Number five, Nothing Man from Vitology. Yeah. Vitology That's was, I, I loved that album. That song talked to me for whatever reason. I loved I liked, uh, I listened to that today, actually, the whole album mm. this morning before I came here. Mm. Loved it. I prefer that one to Better Man. I do too. Yeah, I do too. I prefer yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, number four, just breathe. We just talked about that from yep. Max Spacer. Uh, number three, Rearview Mirror from Verses. Yep, that's a driving song. I one, I think Dolan would like that because the baseline, the baseline drives that song, like you said, right. Yeah. It 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 starts with the baseline. It's the bass. Yes. Okay. Yep. And it just it starts and it builds. Mm-hmm. And it is I, I don't know I don't know if I ever want to ruin the song by under by fully understanding what the song is about. Yeah. It seems like it's a breakup song and yeah. him getting away from a girl. Yeah. And that's fine with me. It makes the best songs. Absolutely. Heartbreak. And it, 
it just it just it talked to me at a time in my life that I really needed it and that was it was fantastic it was yeah. just yeah but the fact that it starts so just with that simple bass line and it ends so dramatically that and it builds through the entire thing yeah. it's like any it, it, it isn't like any other program song yeah uh, number two State of Love and Trust whoa you do uh, like the fast ones oh yes <laughs> uh, singles so I told Dolan this yesterday and Dolan have you seen singles uh, no I have not no. You, need, you probably need to watch it. So if you want to understand what the music scene was like in Seattle in the 90s, that's mm-hmm. singles. So Stayed in Love and Trust, I did confirm this. This was the very first Pearl Jam song I have ever heard. Yep. That's, not a play, that's not a bad place to start. No, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I love singles. is probably still one of my top 20 movies of all time. Uh, it. If you want to understand what it's like to grow up in the late nine, late eighties, early nineties, uh, living around, we spent so much time at the bottleneck, hanging out with bands. Yeah. Uh, if you want to understand what that's like, that's singles. Like if that's that's what that movie is all about. Yeah. So. Number one shouldn't surprise you at all. Yellow Ledbetter. Hmm. I, I, it, I, to me, even though you can't understand a damn word that he says, yeah, there's something magic about it being a B-side. Yeah. And then what I believe to be the lyrics versus what maybe there's six to ten to eight, six to eight to ten like different versions of what he says out there. Yeah. I actually read one the other day that I had never read before. So it's it's actually about his friend Tim Ledbetter. Okay. Okay. Lives in Chicago. Done that shouldn't surprise anybody. I mean Eddie's connections back to those, Chicago. Yeah. Right. Uh, and reportedly derived from one of Eddie's so Eddie's friend, Tim Ledbetter. Uh, borderline nonsensical lyrics are an account of someone who lost their brother in the Gulf War. Mm. Okay. Wow. Wondering whether the body would be returned in a box or a bag. Ooh. I've never heard that before. No, but it kind of makes sense. No. And I've always lived, and quite honestly, I don't care what the real lyrics are. Yeah. I don't care what the original intent was. I always lived, I, I, I always understood it as are you the boxer or the bag, right? So it's, are you the guy that's punching or are you the guy getting that's punched. getting punched? Yeah, the aggressor, yeah. And that, to me, was enough. Like, I lived, I live by that. Am I the one that's punching or am I the one that's getting punched? And how do you, how do you survive either of those? And that's what Yellow Ledbetter is to me. Here, hmm. Here's mine quickly. Glorified G. Mm. I'm, I'm making sure I get the titles oh, right. That's a great song. Corduroy. I love Corduroy. Corduroy is another one of those driving mm-hmm. kind of. It's, I forgot about that song, honestly. It starts off. There's and and it's this. It's this one right here. When they played Wrigley the first time, huh. when they start playing that, and you can see. Go watch the video of them playing Wrigley. 
And as soon as as soon as that baseline starts, it's like the entire place starts moving. Wow. It's weird how it just it's like a wave. It it's it's magic. Yeah, I love that one. Um, Given to Fly. Yeah. That was kind of like their, here we are back, you know, radio-friendly kind of track. I really like that one. Nothing As It Seems. Do you remember that one? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From 2000. And then the last one for you, Smile. Here's the thing I always liked about Pearl Jam. They always had one, especially after 10, they had one, maybe two songs that you listened to. Yeah. And it was kind of them being like, fuck you. You think you like us? Try this. Try this song. It's like a polka. <laughs> this is a mariachi music. This is an hour, a minute and 30 seconds of us talking in Spanish. Like They would always throw those little nuggets in there. Mm-hmm. And if you were a real fan, you stuck it out. Yeah. I feel that way about Gigaton, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's Every album has one of yep. those, or two. I mean, that's just how it is. And especially with like the Lost Dogs compilation. Yeah. Yep. There's 91. a bunch of that in there. Yeah. Mm. Like that was, yep. that was just them doing what they wanted to do, and, and they don't care about you know anything, really, which is another thing that's cool about them. Uh, Given to Fly has probably one of the best, like as, as Eddie has gotten older... You can tell through how many times they've played it, how mm-hmm. he sings it differently. Yeah. Whereas before, so there's here's three lines from the lyrics. His key, his key to the locks on the chains that he saw everywhere. But first he was stripped, then he was stabbed by the faceless man. Well, fuckers, he still stands. Yeah. And in in the original <laughs> days, it was very melodic. Mm-hmm. And now when you hear him sing it, it's well. Fuckers. Yeah. Right? I mean, he is, he, it's just, you can tell, like, it's, he's come so far with that song and so far with the lyrics and the critics and everybody else. Like, it's a completely different yeah. feeling for him. Yeah. I'm sure being in a band for 30 years, you, you have to change it up. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Because here's, here's something. I, I saw Willie this week and I've seen him eight or nine times. But I'll tell you what, the set list don't change. He's going to start every show with Whiskey River. I guarantee it. When you hear that song, you know the concert started. And he's going to do his medley of stuff that he does. And that's fine. He's, you know, he's earned it at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. But something like these guys, I mean, with all those live concerts and CDs that they put out back in the day. Right. There's so many different versions of everything. And it's it's more fun, I think. Mm. It's interesting to to hear people evolve and change. Well, my experience with, with Pearl Jam was the first song I ever heard from my dad was the state of love and trust. Right. And that's why I was so confused when I was telling rich about it. He was saying, I was saying like, it's a Pearl jam song. It wasn't on an album. I remember black and white, <laughs> like mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but then every other experience with it has been, you know, guitar hero, like yeah. when they did the even flow and alive and black and Jeremy and all of those songs that were, throughout those guitar hero song or guitar hero games and rock band games and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, that I was, I was really into. And, uh, I especially liked when gigaton dropped because I was always the arguer for Weezer. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they have to adapt with the times, you know, to stay relevant. And right. and then Green Day's new album came out and it was not Green Day. It was, it was more poppy. And I'm like, it makes sense. It makes sense. I was right. an argu- always an arguer for that. So when Pearl Jam came out with Gigaton and it sounded the way it did, I was like, see, case closed. <laughs> like, I don't right. care how long you've been a band. Like, yep. you just change you yeah. know yeah. otherwise it's not fun otherwise it's not fun it's you know I, otherwise you just become a caricature of yourself correct right and that's you stop growing mm-hmm. and yeah yeah um, and, and then you play a couple, a couple yeah. of reasons to play music like especially at this level it's just it's fun and you love it and you have to or it's a way to make money yep you know yeah. And then that becomes like a traveling jukebox, and that sucks. Especially as a, a like a music fan, you don't want to go to those shows. No. You know what it's going to sound like, mm-hmm. and that sucks mm-hmm. too. So I I remember a couple of years ago, uh, my wife went to a concert over uh, over in Council Bluffs, I can't, at Mid America Center. Uh, uh, Eddie Money before mm-hmm. before he passed away. R.I.P. And she was like, she texted me after. And I, I didn't go. She went with her sister. She was like. This was horrible. Like he didn't remember the lyrics. He let the oh. he he wanted the audience to sing the whole time, and yep. it was just it was just a caricature of himself. And she's like, "I wish I hadn't gone." Yeah. So hmm. I don't know. I don't think you feel that way at a Pearl Jam show. Absolutely not. Yeah. I I'm, <laughs> I'm going to a show here. I've been to a concert in two years. Stupid COVID. Uh, I'm going to a show in September. I'm going to see the Pixies. Mm-hmm. Whoop! I'll uh, be at that show. Dolan will be there with me. Yes. I hope, I hope beyond anything that that isn't what I experience. Yeah. I hope, I, I hope they're just as, I hope they're just as crazy and off the walls as they always were. <laughs> I understand you, we all get older. Sure. Right. Or whatever. But there is something about a Pixies song that you can't just phone in. Yeah. And it's I'm, an attitude. Right. I, I, well, yeah. I'm concerned that it might be that, but then it, it, I just, I hope it's not. Well, so. you know. Uh, Black Francis, Frank Black. He mm-hmm. he hasn't ever done that in his whole life, so mm. I don't think he's gonna do. It. I don't think he's be more cranky now as an old man. Oh, so. I hope he's just like pissed <laughs> off. Like uh, yeah. uh, what's his name? Uh, Louis Black. Oh yeah. I hope he is. Well, just, I don't know about that angry. That's pretty angry. Oh, but. that's really angry. <laughs> well, I've heard they don't really talk their entire show. Good. They just they just walk in, play, play, play plug leave, in, walk play, and stage. walk. Yeah. Yep. Good. No I, talking. I nothing. don't need pandering. No. Mm. Whatever. I bought my ticket. I'm there. Oh, we love Omaha. Whatever. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't know where the fuck you are. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Play. Just play. Just play the <laughs> Just tunes. go. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. So, there we go. That's what I got. I'm gonna go TripAdvisor. I don't want to talk. I, I I could talk about Pearl Jam for yeah. hours, hours about. I mean, just but we don't have hours here. All right. Let's, nope. Nobody will listen to us for hours. No, unfortunately, <laughs> no. And, and we got to talk about this beer because the more I drink it, the more I really enjoy it. It is really good, and the lemon drop comes out. I think. Yeah. A lot. Yes. IBU's 15. That is like barely there. Barely for. a but it's a pale ale. Yeah, for a pale. Usually a pale ale, a standard pale ale, mm-hmm. is hoppy, hoppy. Yep. 
you know, and dark in color, and this was not. This, this is, is delicious. More like an IPA. If nobody takes the last one of the four pack here, it'll go in my car and go home. Uh, yeah. We're gonna, are we going to wrestle for it? After no. no. Okay. I'm right. just going to let you take it. All right. Uh, TripAdvisor, 4.5 out of five reviews on 55 different reviews. Uh, I clipped, this is the one I clipped out. Excellent place to unwind, visit with friends, have a fantastic brew. Loved the cold smoke. For those who are IPA fans, there are some excellent, spelled wrong, but who cares, ones as well. It's a local brewery that is working hard to to get good things for Missoula, as well as put out an excellent product. That I, sounds pretty good. I, I would go there tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. I want to try this cold smoke. This cold smoke sounds fantastic. I, everyone talks about it. I like it. Scotch ales, man. That's, right? a, that's a, a style that's kind of growing on me more and more. And if we get some bong water too, I'd probably try that. <laughs> we can, yeah, the be beer, uh, the beer, the beer, the beer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, I've had the other. It's not great. No, <laughs> untapped. Uh, two hundred and twenty-nine check-ins. That's it. That's tiny. Well, because it was. I mean, it was something special. Well, and it was yeah, small distribution area. Yeah, it's not like a, you know, beer area that people are going to on purpose. It's not no. the Northeast or no anything like that. San Diego, so. Mm. Oh boy, two twenty nine. What do you think? I'm gonna go three point eight mm. two. Ten divided by two is five. <laughs> I'm gonna say five. <laughs> Dolan, you're gonna be so pissed. Three point eight one. Oh, that's so close. close. Dang, so close. Hmm. So I like mine better. One hundredth. I'll tell you, it's so close. outside of the Pearl Jam stuff or whatever. If this was just called. MPS Pale Ale out of, you know, and we didn't have any mm-hmm. idea yeah. what it was besides anything else. Yeah. It's a four. That's a great pale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's different. nothing wrong it's with this. It's very different than, than the normal standard that we, at least I grew up with, pale ales. And we didn't even talk about skateboarding. I could have talked about it. Oh, I, yeah. We could have oh. ollied all over this thing. <laughs> never, ever landed a kickflip. Always wanted to. Never mm. could. I landed my first kickflip when I was 14. Oh. And never skated again. Man. I mean, why not, yeah, retire at the top. It dude. was it was the best moment, and that <laughs> that was it. That was it. Well, and my skateboard got waterboarded, and I just never had the money to buy another one. But hmm. yeah, right. favorite skateboard? Do you have a favorite skateboard at all? Nope. No. No. <laughs> I I don't know. My my buddy Mark. He was a big skater. He's uh, he's probably your age. Mm-hmm. Um, skated a lot in the eighties and nineties. He was good enough to like travel, so he would like go on skate tours. Oh and, like, wow! He's been in skate videos. No, oh wow, um, really? And he, I I can tell you my worst skater, and I've never met him, but he did, and he said it was Chad Muska. He said the guy was an asshole. Uh, I met Jason Lee when I was yep. twelve years old, maybe thirteen years old or whatever, and skated with him. He came down to Fall Fest in Concordia. We paid him to come down and do a skate demo. Yeah. And I hung out with Jason Lee. He may or may not have hooked up with a high school girl. Then. No. <laughs> Who knows? They may not. I don't know what happened. Yeah. And then sure enough, then my name is Earl and uh, yeah. and Kevin Smith happened and Jason Lee got huge. So Yeah, he but was a hell of a skater before. He was a hell of a skater. He's so. in the Jackass movie. Yes, he is. This new, new one? one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I heard Bam is no longer in that Jackass movie. Mm, that's that's okay. rough to watch on YouTube. Don't watch that. It's, yeah, that's, I won't. That's rough to watch. So, all right. Uh, oh, I don't even know. I'm just going to tease next week, but I don't even know where we're going. Uh, I don't know. spicy. Oh, is it spicy? 
Oh, that's it's right. Very spicy. Ooh, back to Colorado for more spicy beers next week. I can't wait. We did this one first because we would wreck our palates. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Arr, I was gonna do an A better then. I didn't. can't do it. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, we're not going anywhere for a while. Let's have another beer. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing.